you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara Treadway. Greetings from space. And this is episode number 36, and we are going to continue uh, going through the DLC. Uh, in this case, it will be Project Overlord, uh, the DLC for Mass Effect 2, and also finishing up some of the side quests there. Uh, and basically, once we're done, uh, it will be time to uh, really start to progress into the end game with the, the Reaper IFF and then uh, the Tally loyalty mission and then maybe one other loyalty mission to get to. And then um, that should be about it. And then we can hit end game. And then uh, there's some other quests to hit after that. But uh, we'll get to all that in time today. Let's start with the Project Overlord DLC. So let's hear about that. Shepard receives reports of a rogue VI and heads to the planet Ait in the Typhon system in the Phoenix Massing. Upon arriving, Dr. Gavin Archer instructs Shepard to retract the transmission dish to prevent the VI from escaping the facility. Dr. Archer is locked on the other side of the base to avoid the Geth roaming around under the influence of the VI. The VI blocks Shepard from retracting the dish, so the only option left is to blow it up. Shepard fights through some geth and blows up the antenna supports, causing it to crash down. Shepard contacts Dr. Archer, who instructs the commander that his brother David has taken over the VI and is fortified in Atlas Station. To get in, Shepard must override the security in two other stations, Prometheus and Vulcan. Shepard takes a hammerhead to Prometheus Station, which is a crashed geth ship. Shepard fights into the ship and walks past inactive Geth while heading to the Override. Once the Override is active, the Geth are awakened and Shepard's team must fight their way out. Shepard then takes the Hammerhead to Vulcan Station, which is a geothermal plant. The VI has control of the plant's machinery, so Shepard must navigate the hazards and adjust the pressure vents to allow passage. After fighting some turrets and mechs, Shepard is able to shut down the power facility. Shepard then takes the hammerhead to the now-exposed Atlas Station. Dr. Archer explains that he was using his brother's autistic mind to help communicate with the Geth. After a lack of results, Dr. Archer decided to connect his brother to the Geth network to see if he could make contact, which he did. Shepard tries to shut down the VI, but instead the VI infects Shepard, turning the commander's eyes green and causing Shepard to see memories from the VI, David's memories. Shepard can understand the robotic yelling of the VI as it keeps yelling stop. Shepard attacks the VI core, ultimately destroying it and exposing David inside. 
Dr. Archer arrives to defend his decisions, and Shepard must decide how to deal with this fraternal atrocity. Yeah, so that's that's kind of a heavy deal DLC there at the end. Um yeah. finding out what the Archer did to his brother. That's kind of brutal. That special thing is kind of interesting because it's called Project Overlord. And it just reminds me of Operation Overlord from World War II, where we attack we attacking Normandy. It said now we're coming in on the Normandy. I That's interesting, you're right. I, I think that's intentional. That's funny. Like, I feel like there is some in-game lore that says that that's intentional. That's funny. It makes sense, actually. But yeah, this this mission is quite a bit kind of screwed up. It's it's a very I find this this DLC had a lot of fun playing with it. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a lot of stuff was happening. Yeah, this I, I I you know we talked about Firewalker last time, and that DLC felt very light and very just kind of like you're going around doing stuff. This one it felt very. Like they really wanted to get into this felt a lot like bring down the sky where it's oh, like, yeah. okay, we're really, we're really going to get some meat here. And this is really going to be some like a mission worth doing. Um, even if there's no ultimate effects for it in the greater mass effect mythology, like, I don't know if this gives you any kind of war resources or anything later. Um, it does. Oh, oh, this it does. does. Okay. It, does, it yeah. makes sense. I mean, it may, it makes sense for, for as, as weighty as it is. Yeah. It comes up. This, this comes up, uh, in Andromeda too does overlord yeah um this this one has i mean it's it's standalone you know it's like standalone dlc like firewalker came with a bunch of stuff this is this was a separate like we built this for additional storytelling and it definitely feels that way so firewalker i think that felt like something maybe that they had they had intended to put in all along because it was available at release of the game um like it was definitely developed with this this feels like maybe this was the thing they were like okay like now that we've finished the game and we have some time before Mm -hmm. it comes out this is the DLC we can work on where we've got the whole, the whole team, you know, cause they finished everything else. They're working, they're putting in something meaty. I mean, you said Firewalker didn't have any additional voice recording. Uh, this one has a ton of voice recording. Oh, yeah. yeah, obviously. Does, I mean, this yeah. is, I mean, this is a full, full blown mission and it is, I mean, it, it, it is every, every part. I mean, there's combat, there's fighting against the Geth. There's, I mean, how many bases, like what, three bases you have to go to? Something like that, It yeah. involves the hammerhead. That's, that's the main reason why I want to talk about Firewalker first is because you get to the parts in here where you have to, there's one part where you come out of the base and you have to collect some data. And I, I hadn't, you know, I haven't played Mass Effect 2 in years and I had not done the Firewalker DLC. So I'm like, okay, so I'm in this shit little ship and I have these little circles. I have to go like, what, what am I doing? Oh, like, yeah. and, and like, it took a moment for it to come. I'm like, wait a minute. If I hit this button here, I'm like, oh, I can yeah. pick up the data that way. And yeah, the, it is the map weird. It's very weird. Also, I don't like the way they did the, the mapping. They have this arrow that points you where you're going. But sometimes it kind of points you a little wrong. I mean, yeah. it. It, I, this is this area, like the little zone that you explore after you go through the initial base is begging for a mini map or something because it's very easy to get turned around. They do a lot with like caves and tunnels and, and stuff like that. And it, yeah. I had to look up a, uh, cause I think I had like five of the six. Mm-hmm. I had to look up like, where's, and it's, again, it's that thing where it's like, okay, now which of these did I get? Because you have to right. figure out from the description and where, where I physically was. So yeah, I'm like 
retracking all my steps. I should have just looked it up from the get go. Yeah, that but, that helped. That happened to me a lot too. Like, and then there's like extra stuff that you can find outside, which doesn't really matter, but still. Or the ship, the ship will tell you, "Hey, look, there's a nice visit for your organics to look at." That yeah, is, I do like, enjoy that. Yeah, I, there were like some birds. I think maybe they weren't birds. There was some kind of bird-like creature flying around that I took a, a picture of. It was very cool use of the the hammerhead, though. Like overall, like I, I can see where you know if they had wanted to play around with open world stuff, they could have done some some stuff kind of Overlord esque, and it probably would have been fun. Yeah, yeah, and especially too. I mean, it was because it's it's a clever motif, I guess. That like, okay, you land on the planet, you 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 start your first mission, you get through that base, and then at that point, now you have two other bases to go to, and you can kind of choose how you want to get there. It felt a little bit like Novaria in that way. Like you get to Novaria, mm. and then it's like, okay, like you can kind of like do you go to the hot labs or you go to the other way. That's true. Um, That's fair. Yeah, but um. But I mean, instead of like you know going through the the tram system, which wasn't really a tram system, like you know, it's you know basically like a loading screen. Um, here you actually got to travel and decide, like, okay, am I going to physically go here? Am I going to physically go there? So it was nice in that regard. And yeah, this mission is just very freaky when you first meet the uh, you see the glowing eye, the green eyes coming yes. out. I'm like, like, what is this? Mm-hmm. What is mm-hmm. what is this demon thing attacking me? Yeah, because you get that that noise that that vi noise and then you also get the eyes that keep popping up on all the screens and then the cameras if you notice the cameras are all tracking you wherever you go i was gonna say i shot all the cameras because you can just shoot them and you're all good there yeah i wish that that did anything like had any consequences because i also enjoyed shooting cameras well it's one of those things like you know you're being tracked and it's just like yeah i'm just gonna shoot you because you you don't Mm -hmm. mean yeah you Unless you've played through it before, you don't know what's actually going on. And it's, um, you know, they, they I want to say on the first playthrough, they do a good job of obscuring it that you don't realize what's really happening. Um, and then when you finally put it together, like, oh, the brothers in the machine, like that's mm-hmm. it's a nice moment of like horror. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the ghost in the show, as it were. Yeah. But except it's not a ghost. It's just a dude like strung up i just watched the matrix uh the original trilogy the other day so it feels a lot like that like it's like a dude just connected to a machine Mm -hmm. um so that is i mean that is brutal in that regard i did have a funny moment in this like uh because like they they screw with doors and and symbols because like as you know you're going through most doors it's all like digital stuff it's it's visual stuff you can click i clicked on a door and i did the no opening noise and just turned red i'm like well What's going on here? Why hasn't it opened yet? Didn't realize that to my, I think it was my, my right or my left, a different door had opened. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah. oh. oh, you're screwing with me. Got it. So I thought it was clever. Because um, as, as we pointed out when we played through the first Mass Effect, it, that all of the VIs that you encounter have the letters VI in their name, like Avena. And uh, mm-hmm. that's the only one I can remember. But I know we 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 made that observation. And so here you're, they're talking about this VI having taken over, and the VI is called David. So it's like, oh, okay, huh. they named the VI David because there's the VI in the name David. And then, oh no, it's actually it's not named for the VI. The dude's name is just David. Weird coincidence, though. 
David, yes. David Archer, not related to any other archers. Well, his brother, Gavin Archer, he's related to him. Who also has VI in his name. Oh, I didn't even pick that. You're right. It does. Weird. You're right. Weird. I wonder if that's like a real thing or if we're just reading way too much into this. I think we're reading way too much into it, but it could be. Oh, but the, the Normandy and the Overlord, that's not. <laughs> well, yeah, touche. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to find out on that. But yeah, but then you have like this whole uh, Greek mythology like motif of uh, the Prometheus station and the Vulcan station. Oh, yeah. And the Atlas station. Um, and also the Hermes station because you start at Hermes and then mm-hmm. you have to go through, you go, you go to Vulcan and Prometheus and then Atlas is the final one. Yeah. And each, um, and each of their name basically reflects what they do because Hermes is a satellite, which is a messenger. So that's a, yeah, that makes more sense yeah. than I'm, uh, I'm thinking. Sure. About yeah. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Vulcan is geothermal, like for the volcano. Uh, Prometheus is uh, the Geth ship, which is playing with technology that you shouldn't be. And Atlas, uh, where the VI is, that's uh, that's David holding up the world, basically. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, good, good point, Kura. <laughs> you made me think about it, actually. So thank you, Nick, for making me think about stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's talk about the Geth ship for a moment, Prometheus. Um, when you get into that, because that's one of those stations where once again, like you come in and everything is kind of calm. Like you, there's a, a Geth prime, like you see right when you walk in and then like you go through the station and then you activate it. And then now you have to fight your way back out. And it's, it, you know, it's one of those, again, like you're going through, you see all the cover lines, you see like all the, the areas where like, okay, I'm going to have to fight through here. And then they do this like so many times in this game they put you through an area you walk through it fine and then it's coming back the other way that's when it's a a, a battle um yeah and you you know what's ahead because like i said like you know this ends with you fighting that big geth prime that you saw literally the moment you walked in oh yeah Mm -hmm. but i also like how they they all turn when they activate they all turn green and have a greenish tent to them when they're active oh yeah 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 because they're not straight geth they're being controlled by david Mm mm-hmm Who's learned how to speak with a GIF with mathematics, which is makes a lot of sense, but hmm. Well, yes, and I mean, yeah, yeah, yes. It's I don't, uh, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's uh, I don't. know, It feels a bit tropey or it's, hacky. It's I don't know what the super, right word is. Super that, tropey. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like oh, the 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 super autistic guy. Um. You know, he, 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 oh, he can speak to robots because he can do real good, real good math real quick. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like Rain Man meets, I don't know, Lawnmower Man. Yeah. Lawnmower Man in the rain. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Project Overlord. Don't, don't mow your lawn in the rain. (laughs) Um, For people of a certain age, I think everybody who listens to the show who's under like 30 is going to be, what the hell is Lawnmower Man? Uh, Look it up. It's a weird, I I don't want to say, I don't want to say it's a good sci-fi movie, but it is, uh, it is a, it is a product of its time. I'll say that. I want to say, didn't it have like some of the first computer graphics in movies? Fairly early. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah. your first real like representation of VR, as it were. 
Yeah, it did that. Uh, it had, I think, like, I think the thing, yeah, they touted, like, they had computer graphics and then Terminator 2 came out and had, like, the limited use of the, what now looks pretty janky, but looked amazing at the time, like, liquid metal T-1000. And everybody's oh, yeah. like, wow, lawnmower man, huh? Oof, bummer. Yeah. Anyway. But, uh, yeah, no, so yeah. It, it is It is tropey. It's definitely, um, feels a little cheap. Uh, I feel like I definitely noticed it more this playthrough than I did, say, a decade ago. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. But uh, it's yeah. also just, it's just horrible. I mean, like, Gavin sucks. Oh, yeah. He's a terrible brother. Yeah. Yeah. Also, also like, just that machine he has him hooked to is just basically, uh, like, like that's that thing he uses in the Clockwork Orange. It's basically just yep. scratching his temples. Like, it's got, eye, like, hooks everywhere. It's like, and just those tubes going down his throat just looks so uncomfortable and just yeah, like it's yeah. Why in the like, year twenty two hundred? Yeah. Why like why could you not have any kind of at least somewhat more humane implants or hookups or whatever? Like it's just such a mess. Well, they have implants already for biotics, so like they, they can mm-hmm. use something similar. It's not right. Just, oh, I don't get it. Yeah, it's it's really jacked up. Yeah. No, and I think that's it. I mean, it's. I think Gavin's. I mean, the thing about Gavin is like he doesn't think what he did was wrong, which is the really messed up part because it's like just one look at David when you see him in the machine at the end, you're like, how could you like like how could is, is, how could you think this is okay to do to anyone, let alone your brother? I mean, he's just a right. He is he's an irredeemable character, and it's 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 not even. It's not even like he was like mustache twirling, like oh, like yeah, I know, I, I know this was wrong, and I did it for whatever. Like no, it's like he he's, he he thinks like he was helping, like he was completely, completely wrong. Yeah, but, yeah, he, which is, yeah, just just think it's like I get it, like you want to have like I don't even think the experiment itself, what they were doing, gave me to talk to Geff was the problem. What they're doing, yeah, it makes sense. The machine they put into it to make it activate, like. Who do, who designed this? Who does this? Right, exactly. Like, well, I get the feeling to a degree. Well, one, I mean, the, the fact, just the fact that he thought like it was a good idea to even use his brother in this capacity um, shows that he didn't have the right resources or the right people around him to guide him in the right direction. Well, he, sure. Because uh, he, uh, he, need, he needed somebody to put like a break on that. And that person was not there. But also I think it's, it's, it's like, okay. Once you've made that decision and you don't have anybody who's like an actual expert in like any kind of like neural interface link, um, you know, it's like, did he just like Google, like Google it and make his own janky machine himself? Like really? Like, cause yeah, there, there had to have been a better way. I don't, I don't know why, but it just looks like they just, he took advice from hell, like the, the people who did Hellraiser and stuff, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, the, the clockwork orange call- callback is good. Like it's, it's insane. It's so over yeah. the top. Yeah. And like, I don't know if you guys can look at the image. If you look at the image, actually, that has the took, you see his skin breaks where the metal and parts are. He's literally, yeah. his flesh explodes and everything else. Yeah. It's, it's rough. So well, let's, let's jump to the very end here then. Like how, like, how did you guys deal with, with David as far as, you know, what was his final outcome in your playthroughs? Oh, I mean, I, I rescued him. Like, I did not save him for Cerberus. That's just, I mean, again, renegade, but come on. Yeah, I sent him to the Grisham Academy. So, which mm-hmm. is funny because I know it's a place where some, like, I think 
either here or another area. You found other people who are transferring to this academy to get out of this project or other service projects. So, yeah, I think it's in Jack's mission. You hear about it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I wound up doing the same thing. Send him to the Grissom Academy. Um, I do like in the post mission email that the elusive man is complaining that like, oh, you know, know, now you've set back our work on the geth several years. Um, I mean, you literally could have just if you just made the machine interface least a bit more comfortable. Not a torch device. Probably would have had a problem. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like if he had him sort of hooked up, like if Gavin had hooked up David to the computer and. It wasn't maybe the best situation for David to be in, which it obviously wouldn't be, but, you know, wasn't like a literal medieval torture device that he used. Like, I feel like it gets a lot easier to rationalize the kind of like, okay, well, you know, sacrifice one for the good of many, whatever, you know, it's like at least it's not literal torture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, it's just, it's just rough. It's just, I mean, that's all I can just think of. As yeah. you get to the end of this, it's just it's just rough. Um, one thing that I did like going back to Prometheus for a moment is that when you turn on the uh, when you turn on the basically you turn on the GEF, uh, you get a message. Uh, actually, you get a few messages in the space as you're going through. One, it says uh, that uh, there's a, the message from like the I guess the AI or whatever in the, the facility. As you're walking through, it says, to reduce stress, music has been provided, and they play some bad out-of-tune music with, like, messed up recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but then also, um, once you activate the Geth, uh, then it, uh, the ship announces that a Geth outbreak has been declared. The ship is now quarantined. So it's just funny. Like, the ship is vaguely aware of what's going on. Um, then let's move real quickly to Vulcan Station. So Vulcan Station was interesting to me because... You had to go through like a tunnel with some security mechs to get there. Um, and then you're, it's a bit more of a platforming game because you're jumping around from the different platforms and stuff. This is this game, um, this part here almost caused me to not finish Mass Effect 2. Really? Because there's a part where you have to cross some debris on a lava field. And all you have to do is in the hammerhead, you just have to jump from one part to another. Mm-hmm. Really straightforward. I was doing this, and for whatever reason, I forgot that you could jump. So I'm like flying over the lava, trying to make it from piece to piece, you, you, and I'm barely making it. Were you trying to like boost at them? Yeah, yeah, I was trying to boost at. It. There's like one stretch stretch at the end uh-huh. where you just can't. If you stay on the lava, you can't do it. It's too long. You have to jump. Yeah, and I I I don't know how long I spent like oh, a, wow like, a, like and then finally I like hit the space key by accident. I'm like, what was that? And I was like, oh my goodness, I can jump in this thing? And then, yeah, like it took two seconds and I'm I was pretty, just kicking myself. I'm pretty sure you've told me this story before, but it's still funny every time. Because <laughs> I, can, I can totally, not that I'm laughing at you, but I can see myself doing the same thing, like spending an hour on a mission only to, I literally have done the same thing, only to be like, oh, I have another move. That's like yeah. basically required for this and I forgot I had. Yeah. Oh no, it was, it was yeah, I mean, I can't. Yeah. say how frustrating it was. Oh, i'm sure yeah. it's the worst is when you do that too and you have that epiphany you hit your space bar and you're just like oh, come on you're like you're like this isn't broken i'm just an idiot exactly yeah because the whole time like i don't know about you nick I, I get myself worked up i'm like god who would design like this this is so ridiculous like what were they thinking oh the, the worst i'm i'm looking up guides <laughs> like 
okay, like, what am I missing here? Am I supposed to come at this from a different angle? They're like, no, just go straight over it. And I'm like, but that's what I'm doing. <laughs> like, yeah, so that almost, I mean, basically I had to, I, I, I had to like step away from the game for a little bit and come back mm-hmm. after that. Cause like, I just couldn't get past this one part. And then finally, yeah, I, I hit the space button and I was like, oh, and, all, and then all of a sudden I like from there on out, it was like, I beat the game in like a day. Cause I was just like, all right, that's, that's all I needed. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, yeah. So then you get into Vulcan and then that's, you know, your standard base there's a little the valve mini game where you have to like turn off the valves as you go through so it's um nothing too bad there there's some turrets you have to shoot around um so that's fine and then yeah then the last one is atlas station which as we mentioned that's where the vi is now what did you guys think of the part where uh like the vi overloads into shepherd and then like shepherd's kind of in that like the lawnmower man sequence yeah, like the the quasi dream sequence where everything's like orange the, and green, and you can actually you can hear the VI and understand it now when it's talking. It keeps saying stop, or like it stop, or the final the final part of the Matrix where he just sees the code. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Definitely had that vibe too. Um, it was cool. I liked it. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. It was really interesting. It was also, I had a, I think I had like a Thane, I had Thane and Tally of him. They both look at me like, where the hell are you going? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't worry. Got this. Like, no, don't do this. Yeah. It's, um, it's an interesting way for Shepard to kind of like piece together what's happening. Cause you get to see the memories. You get to see them from David's perspective. You get the whole, I mean, I get why they were doing it. That whole thing with him reciting the numbers is just so tragic in the end. Yeah. It's so sad. Like there's, there's like a moment in there where he's, you see David talking to his brother and trying to like bridge the gap or like say, I I feel like he like says like some number sequence that he's repeated in the past or something like that. And, and his brother's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. It sucks. It's yeah. Cause he's, he's solving the square roots and it's just, yeah. I mean, it's it's a little bit like we said. It's a little bit tropey, a little bit cliched, like as far as like a representation of like autism. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, like like somebody clearly was watching Rain Man before this because it's kind of like that style of uh, you know, like of of symptom, I guess. Um, and and autism doesn't always manifest this way, right? Um, no, nah, no, it does but, not. It's a very singular view. It's a very like one dimensional portrayal. Um, yeah. I guess it does what it sets out to do. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, it fits the narrative. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for like a, an actual like exploration of, you know, like autism against like machine development, like this is not, no. you're not, you're not, this, this is not any sort of like humanitarian work that you it, need to be looking at. It's a game. They're, I, they're looking for something to make it, make it make sense. And it's just kind of like, I get it. I get it. But, you know, yeah. it's not really how autism works. Not how it affects a lot of people. It's everybody has their own version of it. So, yeah, it's yeah, it's this is one of those things. I, I think if the game came out now, like this store, they might put Overlord in there. I think there there would be some tweaks to it, Um, at least as far as like David's presentation and how he, he fits in everything. I mean, the, the, the twist of him, like the, the man in the machine, that's a good twist. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I mean, it, it, you know, and it, like, like we said, like, you know, I mean, this really, this, you know, the, it, you know, I think it's hard not to feel for, for, for David in this situation, 
I mean, as we said, we all wound up sending him to the Grissom Academy because I think we, you know, you he know, deserved, it all, it all David t- deserved it better. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, so, so that, uh, that part of it's effective, but I think some of the, uh, the early representation of it, I think it would have been scripted differently. I mean, it's, it's, it's very much yeah. a, pr- a product of its time in that regard. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very much a different time where some things are more okay than they are nowadays, or just you find a different way of portraying things. Yeah. Yeah. I think they would have explored it a little bit differently. Um, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that. Or maybe even they find a different reason why. Maybe maybe he has some kind of condition that they don't call it autism. Maybe he's just some sort of savant with machine, you know, like recognition or something that they're able to justify why you would put him in the machine. Sure. But, well, they can, they can still have him be autistic and they can just don't, they can have the functioning be different because just because you're autistic doesn't mean you don't, you can't always function. Right. Right. Yeah. And I don't, I, do they call it autism in the game? Oh, you actually, think, I, I, do, I do think his brother does mention it. Okay. Okay. Wow, that extra sucks. Because, I mean, he could have some sort of, you know, undiagnosed mental condition that right. you then, the player, can... And that's probably, honestly, if, if you wanted to change this today and have it have the same impact, just take the word autistic out of it. Just... Yeah. He he's, has an undiagnosed mental... He has a mental yeah. condition. Just don't say what Good. it is. They actually, yeah. Apparently, they said in here, it's like he's really he's a savant with a high functioning autistic who okay. has a photographic memory and mathematically gifted mind. I don't think that's what high functioning autistic means. Anyway, fine. No, it's, no. it is not. But <laughs> okay, cool. All right. I think yeah, I think they took it like high functioning in the sense of like he, he can do he a has, lot of computations in his head. Like not he's functioning in society, which is what which is what means. I believe that high functioning. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a little bit. It can, yeah, it's a little bit cringy, but it, uh, yeah, yeah. It, o- overall, though, o- overall, though, it's still, uh, you know, it's still an enjoyable piece of, uh, you know, this is it's a, an enjoyable mission to play. I don't know if enjoyable is the right word. Like I said, like it's, it's kind of rough to, you know, when you get through it, but it's, it's a, a, a worthy it's story. I guess I could say. Yeah, yeah. Like, and enjoyable like, in that sense. Like yeah. so it's rough. It's rough imagery. Like it's, it's terrible things they do, but it's not like. Entertaining, if I guess the word is. It's a good story. Yeah, it's very engaging. I wanted to find out more and see what the hell is going on because I couldn't remember because I know I played this back in the day, but I was like, replay this. I'm like, man, what's going on here? Yeah, it's it's a it's a very thick, you know, heavy heavy mission, as we said. But I mm-hmm. think do we have anything else to say on that, or I think we're we're we've said our piece at this point. I think that's about it. Good, good DLC. I think it was. Uh, I don't know that I mentioned it was seven dollars on release, and that was not included with the. No, this was standalone. Service, this like was you separate. had to actually go out and buy it. Um, okay, for seven bucks again, not bad. It's worth no. it. Yeah, I think I bought. I think I bought both these and and, and uh, all the other ones for that. And I didn't. I think there were yeah there were like three standalone. Was I don't you know and I'm not even sure Arrival was paid. I. They might have dropped that just as hype. Uh, but this and, and Layer of the Shadow Broker both, I think, were like not that expensive and great for great for the price. What we should have done is we should have made the DLC episodes patron exclusive oh, for seven dollars. For seven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> a Cerberus network pass will get you in. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or you get it for free that way. Exactly. So let, let's go ahead here now, and let's uh, finish up some side quests, if we can here. 
so we've got another quest line here that has a few side quests attached to it. This is the infected mech quest line. Uh, and it starts with an anomaly on the planet Neath in the Amun system in the Eagle Nebula. And there's a general distress beacon. Uh, the process is interrupted. Translation error status of system operator is not known. Uh, so you go in, it's the wreckage of a merchant freighter. Uh, there's movement, but no signs of life. So you're thinking, is it the Geth? Uh, you land near some fire. There's some odd shapes that are around. There's a sandstorm approaching. And as you get through the sandstorm, uh, you find out that the VI was reporting malfunctions before the, sh the ship crashed. Uh, they were transporting a bunch of mechs, 180 regular mechs, and one Emir heavy mech. Uh, you turn off the transmitter, and when you do that, it activates the mechs. And then now you have to fight your way back through the sandstorm, through the mechs, uh, to get back to the Normandy. Uh, and you find out that the mechs were being shipped from the Jarahi station, which is the next part of the mission. This is so. What do you think of this part? This is one of those. I think Nick, you mentioned, um, or um, there's there's another mission in this game. It's not a side quest where you can just shoot dudes forever. And this one actually has gotten me more than once in the past. Where like once the sandstorm pops up, like I would get in cover and be shooting mechs. The mechs never stop. Well, that's why. Well, did you kill 180 of them? Because that's how many there were. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, but I'm pretty sure the game just wants you to get on your ship and leave. It does. Yeah. It, it really does. Uh, and I definitely have spent like 20 minutes on this planet just shooting mechs like, what the heck? Like, come on. There's got to be an end to this. Or, or an achievement. <laughs> I right? killed all 180 cool. mechs yeah. off the sandstorm. <laughs> no, no survivors. Right. I'm pretty sure more than like one heavy mech shows up too. There is two. There is two. Yeah. Where this extra one came from, who knows? Maybe it was an illegal one. Maybe, Ooh. like, some of the regular mechs repaired the heavy mech while it was down so that it could get back up and you fight it again. Yeah, knocked out. Yeah, maybe that's why it's endless, is because there's just some repair mechs that are just going around fixing up all the mechs so you, you never actually kill all 180 because they just <laughs> keep getting back up. Right. That makes it kind of terrifying. So. Yeah, so the, yeah, so the, this one is like okay, so so there's these weird mechs that you know you have to fight, and I mean it, it's one of those things too. Like we fought how many mechs now? I mean mechs are one of the first things you fight in this game, uh, back at the the Cerberus base when you wake up. So it's not that unusual to be fighting them. So you you, you know it's, it kind of sucks that the ship crashed, but whatever. Let's go to Jarhi Station and find out what's going on there. So that's on the planet Strabo in the Eagle Nebula, and. You start, so you start investigating this the station. It's abandoned. You're looking for the cause of the mech malfunction. There's a lot of dead people around. And then you realize that the station's not abandoned. Everybody was killed. And then you find out that they tried cutting power to the VI, but the mechs were still able to kill them. And so you have to go and you turn the power back on, and then you get a message that intruders are requested to report to the cargo doors for immediate removal from the station. Man, everybody keeps wanting to throw us out an airlock for this game for some reason. It's effective. So yeah, so the door to the Normandy is locked behind uh, behind us by the VI. Uh, the mainframe is currently locked, at least physical access to it is. Uh, you find out that the mech parts came from uh, the planet Capek uh, in the Haskin systems in the Titan Nebula, uh, which that would be our next destination. 
Uh, but before you can go there, you have to restore power to the living quarters, and there's a mini game you have to play to get all the doors enabled in the right order so you can get through there. Uh, there's a maintenance area with some plasma events that you have to dodge to get to the power controls. You get the power open to all three areas, and now you can open power up the mainframe and gain access to uh, the, the VI as it tries to upload. Uh, so as, as you turn everything on, you can get access back to the Normandy, but the VI can also. It's trying to upload to the Normandy, so you have to get back on the Normandy and get out before the VI can infect the Normandy as I'm kind of curious. What would happen if if they tried to fight Edie? Would like, Edie just, like, just say nope? I wonder if it would corrupt Edie, and then like now you'd have Edie working with the the, the mechs and like uh, evil Edie, as it were. Or Edie gets her own army, right? Well, even then, I mean, once once Edie's compromised, like everybody's just dead on the ship. I mean, because she runs so many yeah. systems there, it's not. Well, she's there's no, she's technically still shackled, so nothing's going wrong. Right, right. But I wonder if this would break the shackles because it wouldn't be. Like would would the the AI be or the VI be able to like break the shackles for her and then corrupt her or would it would it just like move in next to her and be like okay I can access the systems I'm not shackled you are you can't do anything after I turn like if I turn the systems off you can't turn them back on haha mm-hmm. or he just absorbs them that's possible that would hopefully be what happens yeah it's super interesting like the the one game we had to move the laser and try to open things is just I don't know it, was, it felt kind of tedious. I didn't really enjoy it as much as I think I should have. I don't know. I, I, I didn't mind the mini games. I guess the whole, oh, we're like, on an, it's an abandoned station. And then you're just like, oh, no, wait, there's just a lot of corpses. Yep. <laughs> it's not abandoned. I mean, it's abandoned of their souls. Yeah, right. Hopefully. Oh, maybe it's a haunted station now. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So that's, I mean, o- overall, it's a, a fun little. You know, it's a typical mission, a typical side quest mission here, I'd say. Uh, and then, yeah, then we move to the infu- in- infected production line. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All right. Time to slap that, time to slap that E-tag on. <laughs> the infected production line. Uh, I love that slip-up. <laughs> on the planet Capec, in the Haskin systems in the Titan Nebula. Uh, so there's a signal uh, that the facility is under quarantine, so you can't dock without proper protocol. It's registered to the Had- Han K- Kedar Company, which that name should be familiar. They make a bunch of our guns, especially Mass Effect 1, you know, when you were actually collecting all the guns as the weapon smuggler. <laughs> um, there's no living beings detected on the scans. You're attacked by mechs as you approach the facility. Uh, you find out that some bad circuit boards were recalled, but they were already installed in mechs on Corsica. And then... Uh, yeah, Chief Security Saunders is complaining, heads will roll for this, mine will not be one. Uh, Saunders then secures the facility, trapping the em- employees and himself inside with the mechs. It's a very idea. conflicted message here. Like, I feel like the first message, he's kind of like, look, somebody screwed up. I'm not dying for you idiots. And then he's like, well, we're all dying together. Well, I don't think he was saying I'm not dying. When he's saying, I don't think he's talking like heads will roll, like, oh, people are going to get killed over this. I think he's just saying, like, no, he's like, somebody's going to get fired. Like, there's going to be like corporate blowback. I don't think he was expecting this was going to end with everybody getting, you know, massacred. Uh, Because, yeah, then then at that point, then it's like, oh, no, like, actually, the mechs are going to kill everybody. So, yeah, we have to secure this, secure the facility, and everybody's going to be trapped inside because we can't let these mechs get out. Uh, Yeah, there's there's Dr. Tellerassin. You find her body outside of the office, of her office. Uh, there's Officer Gamble. 
Uh, you find him dead right by the production line. And then when you get to the production line, that you just see the heavy mechs just coming right off of it. And so, yeah, you, you go, you disable the production line, and then the mechs all kind of spasm, and then they all just start blowing up. So, so, so what was the, uh, the defect in these panels? Just the down with humanity f- defect? Just a minor <laughs> issue, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, they were they were all, instead of stun, they were set to kill. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah, that's that's like I, I mean I guess okay, maybe you had some kind of like short on your logic circuit, but that's one heck of a short that it's like, oh, like these they're all just murder bots now. <laughs> like 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 I mean Saunders is right, like somebody somebody needs to like pay for this here, especially the fact that the you know like like as much as the production line was affected it was the 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 elite i mean they knew what you know the company that sent the circuit boards knew they were bad because they recalled them oh sorry every time every planet we send this to the uh, the uh the mechs keep trying to rise up and take over Hmm. yeah it's you know it's it's I'm, i'm trying to think like i mean we had like a food recall down here recently like you know like some salads from our local grocery store you know, we had to check to make sure we didn't have the bad one, but like, okay, yeah, I guess like, you know, bad salad could kill you. I mean, most likely it's just going to make you feel bad for a few hours. I mean, I don't think it's too dangerous. It's just not great. Like, yeah, these mechs are way worse, but yeah. Like how, like, yeah. How does a circuit board wind up leading to this? Cause that is just, that's, that's a bit of a jump. Yeah, like did they figure out why the circuit boards is or what what they did? Did like, is there any more information I might have missed? Because I was hoping to find out like why this this is actually happening. It's like bad circuit board. Like, no, okay. It's kind of a bummer because like this is a set of cool missions and they never really tell you like there's not more lore behind them. Unfortunately, I mean it could be very useful for like some stuff in, in Mass Effect Three, but well, it would. I mean, I guess I almost wonder if the implication isn't that somebody intentionally sabotages. I think that's the sort of the next logical step is that it seems odd that one, like, you know, like, Oh, we sock, we soldered the wrong line on this one chip. And now the mechs are going to kill everybody. Like that created some kind of like short. Maybe, but, but I, I think, wasn't there a line would say like some of the ones that, that were also like doing it, didn't have the boards yet. And we're doing it also pretty sure there was, there's a, there's a, there's a terminal on the, on the production mm-hmm. line. Like, some of them actually hadn't gotten installed yet. We're also starting to do it. Yeah, it was like a forward think, infection or something. Yeah, yeah. Like it, 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 like it started with one bad circuit board, but then it became a virus, right? And it just started sp- spreading through the system. Mm-hmm. That because I mean, even then, it was trying to get onto the eat, get you know, get onto the Normandy. Mm-hmm. That it that so it 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 seems that maybe like there was some like yeah somehow like a VI or something. Uh, you know, maybe I wouldn't think this was necessarily Project Overlord you know, kind of coming back, but some, yeah, some kind of like bad VI, like real bad VI got into the circuit boards. And then that, that was the problem. It just started spreading as much as it could. Cause yeah. And then as it just gets from Mac to Mac, it just turns them all on the, the purpose of, of killing. I wonder, I wonder if the other implications, maybe this was the guests doing that they could have, you know, put something into a circuit board and then just be like, okay. And then just, we'll just let yeah, these maybe. mechs go out into the system and like, I don't wreak havoc. think there's any like geth hints at all in this quest line though. No, I think the only thing is at first when you like at first, when you f- start facing the mechs and you f- think there's some kind of hostile intelligence against you, like it, 
you think it might be the Geth. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, it's like once you realize, oh no, these are just crazy mechs. Um, then yeah, they're you're the Geth are clear at that point. Yeah. For now. For now, exactly. You know, this is uh, I I enjoyed this quest line. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, yeah. like Curry, to your point, like I I wanted to know more about it. Like what happened? Why does this never come up again? But it was good. It was fun. Yeah, it was feels fun. It just thought there'd be bigger payoff. I thought we had that emission. It's like, and we're done. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it. We've wanting more, of, I guess. A few of the missions are like that, and you, I, to a degree, you have to pay attention. I think like the follow up is in the, uh, like in the news reports, like because uh, one of the very first side quests we talked about many episodes ago was uh, you get like some data about the ship Turalon. And mm-hmm. there's some encrypted data that you don't quite decrypt at the end of it. And I'm like, and I, I remember when we did that, I'm like, oh, I didn't want to talk about this mission because there's clearly a part two where you go to the Turalon ship. And then, like, I was, like, fully ready to talk about that today. And then I'm like, wait, there is no second part. <laughs> that's it. Like, that's it. You just get the message. You know, you get the message like, yeah, we couldn't decrypt the data. And then uh, there's, like, a news headline in one of the planets when you're, you're standing by the little news station where it says, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, the wreckage of the Turalan was found somewhere and and there were no survivors or something like that like it doesn't like yeah it feels like there should be a more like satisfying conclusion to that and the the same thing here like there should be a a final step and maybe there there would have been and they just kind of ran out of time or maybe they you know for whatever reason they couldn't implement it properly um but yeah it's it's the same thing like you like with this mission uh like on omega or alien like you go and stand by the 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 news kiosks and it'll tell you like, oh yeah, like uh, you know, a bunch of mechs, you know, a mech facility was shut down, and and there's a, oh, yeah. you know, they were after some problems with mechs. Like you, you hear about a little follow up to this, and also I think, um, I'm trying to think, did they mention this on uh, Kasumi's uh, loyalty mission when you're at the party? I think you might hear something about like some some mechs or something that got shut down. Um, but like like you 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 get some follow up on it in that way. Like there's no explicit. Here's the cause, and it feels like there should be because this seems like the kind of thing like. If it happened once, it could happen again. It seems again. like a like, big deal, yeah. But then again, maybe the party that recalled the chips, they understand what they did wrong, and they're like, okay, we'll recall the chips. You know, either we fired the employee that did this, or you know, hopefully it referred him to law enforcement, or uh, or we found whatever was wrong with the soldering iron and we fixed that. Yeah, the other thing I think is it could have been just a sprinkle of breadcrumbs for what's uh, coming up in Mass Effect Three for like why things are so shitty. Maybe. I mean, we are fighting a giant space space fleet of alien alien machines. So yeah, mm-hmm. maybe yeah, maybe the uh, this is the beginning of like robot indoctrination, which I guess we kind of see that with the Geth a little bit, but um, we'll talk about that more in the in the near future. But yeah, but uh, do we have anything else on this? Or are we ready to move on? No, nah. uh, I'm ready. All right, so uh, just two more side quests to knock out here uh, quickly. We've got. There's an anomaly on the planet Xanathu in the Ploitari system sure. in the Hourglass Nebula. Um, the uh, which one I thought was interesting. The galaxy is roughly eight thousand light years across. I don't. I don't oh, the I don't system know the is. Fact. Yeah, that's a or no no the huge system. Or no, the galaxy. For the galaxy, why we did I put that down there? Yeah, it's definitely not we the galaxy. Talk- um, we, we were talking about that for some reason. I think that's anyway. Weird. Okay, I didn't. I didn't yeah. note that. That's. I didn't even notice that they said that. That's a huge, huge. Oh, it's in the yeah. Hourglass Nebula. The nebula is huge. Maybe that's yeah. okay. And yeah, so there's a general distress signal with no further info. 
Uh, and you, you find out it's possibly the remains of the MSV Estevanico. Estevanico. Estevanico, which disappeared in this sector a year ago. Uh, so the ship is crashed on a planet over a ravine and disturbing the wreck could cause it to fall. So this is one of those. It's like balanced between like two cliff faces. And like every time you step on it, it just creaks and there's wind blowing and parts are starting to blow off. And yeah, if you, yeah. you move too much by- too suddenly, like the whole thing is just going to plummet into the, it's not like a Canyon more than a ravine. Yeah. yeah. And by uh, the, the the wreckage of the ship, it's mostly just the frame left. There is like no ne- next to nothing left of this ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're like running on like beams. Like it's not like you're in hallways or anything. Like you're you're on like uh, like one of those old like construction movies or whatever. Yeah, like where you're you're running on the beams like at the top of some skyscraper. Like where you see the guys like sitting on the the I beam eating lunch. Yep, it's like that. Yep. Yeah. This whole little side quest is ridiculous there's this is what drones are made for like there's no right. reason whatsoever to to do this well of all the people like why is it shepherd <laughs> like putting aside right. drones because you're absolutely right like yeah a drone could easily handle this like there's nobody on the normandy who has any sort of balance that is more expendable or right. someone who's lighter yeah. yeah. Also, the I, fact that they 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 drop you off at a shuttle, which could they just use the shuttle to, to look around there and drop me off where I literally walk to? It's like, why do I need to just so many? Like, why not just use a Mass Effect field to like hover? You wear a oh, jetpack, yeah. like literally anything to not walk around on this derelict ship that is like creaking as you step on it, making noises like it's gonna fall. It's it's very silly. It, yeah. it feels like Shepard lost a bet. Seriously, <laughs> or, or, or it was like like they're like they were playing like some kind of like like truth or dare, and it was like okay, like Shepard chose dare, and, right. and you know instead of instead of having to reveal his feelings about his his romance on the ship, he has to instead go and and you know go through the Estevanico. Yeah, I, this is a weird side quest. Like I, I every time I do this one, I'm just like, oh, it's this one. I blow through it in like five minutes and then forget about it again yeah. well it's it's not weird in the sense like i like it from an aesthetic standpoint like mm-hmm. okay like you have you know you, you know your character in this you know creaky ship and you you know the minute you finish the objective it's gonna fall and you get the you know the, you're gonna get like a some dramatic jump onto the shuttle or whatever like you know that's all gonna happen like the moment you get on here yeah but like that part of it i'm cool with it's just the rationale behind it is just so like there's no reason for that Right. That's why I always forget about it is there's no reason for you to be here in the first place and nothing you do matters. Like you just go walk around this like husk and be done. Yeah. Like the only interesting thing about the ship is it's like the crew is the first first alliance crew to see the Vorsha. Which that's weird. Because the Vorka or the Vorcha have been on Omega. And this ship like only crashed a year ago, so like the alliance has only known about the Vorcha for a year. Yeah, yeah, the Vorcha are relatively the Vorcha new. very new. Yeah, that's super new. Like they they literally did not exist at the time that Shepard's running around in Mass Effect One, mm-hmm. or at least not that anywhere that the alliance knew about. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm, I don't know. That that seems a bit rushed. But then again, I guess not. Maybe like you said, they're super new. So, so. it's a big galaxy. You know, things get missed. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. The last new race that we were aware of that, you know, they, they, they got a spot on the council. So maybe the Vorcha can uh, accelerate that process. Yeah, maybe. I, for some reason, highly doubt that. <laughs> don't know why. Just maybe I'm just, maybe, maybe I'm being specious. The Vorcha don't really seem like a council race. What? I don't know. I feel like they, 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 they could be no ruder to Shepard than like the Turian or the Salarian on there. I don't know. I would just say that I think the uh, the Krogan are much better scientists than the Vorsha. I'll give you that. The Krogan are up to like four scientists that we've met now. So that's actually, and we've only met one Solarian scientist. So I think the Krogan are smarter than the Solarian. They are smarter than the Solarian. That's not true. We met two. We met two. Because uh, I got to count Malin as well as Morden. Yes, I three from the, from the, from the from a couple from the other game, but yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 I have to say, I mean, they do a good job with the graphics as far as like feeling like you're standing over a cliff but ultimately it's the, the mission is what the mission is either you know it either works yeah. or it doesn't it i mean it's fine it's it's you have like a cool view and a little bit of fun sort of walking around feeling whoa precarious it's fine yeah and then finally we have the last side quest uh here which is on the it's an anomaly on the planet Equitas. In the Fortis system, in the Minos Wasteland, there's a distress beacon with no specified danger. And so you come down, there's anomalous aliens detected in a mining facility. So you get in there and it's husks. Lots of husks. And you got lots of husks and you got to fight your way through the husks. And of course, the mining crew, they they dug too deep. They found an alien machine. It started glowing. They felt better near it. And now they're all husks. And yep, so it's basically a Reaper indoctrination device, and so Shepard got to mess with that and just blows it up, and you yeah, get off world, and you're you're done. This is also one of those missions where you could also actually get yourself caught just endlessly shooting shooting husks. So you realize, oh, they're just going to keep coming. This yes. is a large mining facility because there's yeah hundreds of husks. Mm-hmm. Which I think this is interesting because we don't see the dragon spires here, so it's. Like they, they, I think they, they just became husks like through the device and in indoctrination, if I, if I recall. Yeah, I think that's right. Like this is weird because, right. yeah, they, they turn into husks. I, I don't get that actually. Maybe there's, maybe there's other like of the spikes yeah. hidden in the mine somewhere or something. Yeah, if, if, yeah. This is just one of those like Reaper technology is just bad. Yeah, like, Shepard should blow that up whenever he finds it. <laughs> just. Just melt it. Just smell all the Reaper stuff. Yeah. You don't need it. Yeah, exactly. It's pre- pretty straightforward here. Kill the husks, blow up the, blow up the, the thing, move, move on with your day. Mm-hmm. I think that wraps up all the side quests and everything. I think we've wrapped up the DLC now. So as I said, next time we will head into the, uh, the Reaper IFF to recover that. Yeah, I would say we, we didn't wrap up the DLC. We wrapped up the DLC we, that we can get done before the suicide mission. Right, right. Because there, there's there is two DLC left: the uh, arrival, which we definitely want to do after the the suicide mission, and then uh, the shadow broker one, which we'll save till after the suicide mission as well. They just both make more sense afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That said, thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing, and thank you for downloading and listening. We are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the Mash Network. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash/MashThoseButtons. Also YouTube at YouTube.com/slash/MashThoseButtons. Chip, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at WD, the word double, Y-E-W-D-E-E. 
and here on the MASH Network on Wondrous Tales, where every other week we discuss the latest happenings in Final Fantasy XIV. Kura, where can folks find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kurabaris, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-E-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kurabar, or you can find me most weeks talking about Apex Legends on Dropping Spicy, and you can follow us at Dropping Spicy. What about you, Nick? I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also over on the Torn and the Goblin, talking about Warcraft lore and story. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash discord and email us your thoughts or questions at squadgoals at mash.gg. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. And visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including on Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron-exclusive content. And you can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg slash support. And stay tuned to hear about other shows on the Master Those Buttons Network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick, and I should go. See you, Commander. This is my favorite podcast on the network. I really wouldn't trust the Vorsha and their scientific method. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash discord.